Welcome into the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Nagy, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight here on News Radio 1059 WBBM with Bears head coach Matt Nagy here until the bottom of the hour and offensive coordinator Bill Lazor joining as well. Second straight win for the Bears coach, uh, convincing fashion against the visiting Giants yesterday, 29 uh, 3. Good evening. First of all, how are you? Doing great, Jeff. Doing great. Thank you. And secondly, uh, no game by any means is stress-free for a head coach. But that one yesterday had to be as close as any because, uh, boom, like that, you're up 14. Yeah, that's the first time I've been a part of one of those where, you know, from two plays in, it's 7 to nothing, and then a few plays later, it's 14-0. And, and so we were able to just kind of maintain and hold that lead, go into halftime with a nice lead, come out at the third quarter, get a touchdown, and, and, and then really just, you know, ride that defense the rest of the way, play smart on offense, and, like you said, they're never, uh, <laughs> you never know the whole way up until the end of that fourth quarter. But the guys really played hard all four quarters, all three phases, and it was a nice win. 800th win in franchise history. You're a part of it. Is that a cool angle to the story at all? Yeah, it's neat. It's neat to know. And uh, again, it's amazing to think 800 wins. That's a lot of wins, you know. So to be able to be that number and for these guys and the significance too with being a part of, which I'm sure you'll discuss and talk about with Robert Quinn and, and everything, and just a lot of cool things. In a season where takeaways have been really hard to come by, uh, the impact of four uh, and where they occurred reminds you just how important it is to take the ball away, also to protect the football, but taking the ball away and where it happens, how it happens, the the bounce that it gives your entire team, the defense flying around, feeling good, having fun. Uh, those are those are so valuable, aren't they? They are, you know, because it flips the field. Uh, anytime you get the football on the two-yard line, you better score. Um, and, and we were able to do that. And then we had a pick, you know, we had an interception. We were able to get the ball down in there inside the big red zone. And we were able to turn that into a touchdown. So it's just, it's, uh, it's complimentary football. Um, if the offense goes down and gets a touchdown and maybe the defense gets a three and out or the, the punt team, you know, pins them on back But that complimentary football. Is so interval uh, to win games. Going into the half, coming out of the half, that, that was a 12 point exchange as it turned out. And, uh, that's that's as, as big a two-for-one as you're going to get. And I know teams that are really successful do that routinely. Is that is that something that you'd love to have every week or as many weeks as possible during a season? Because it's, it's impactful as well. For sure, especially when you're given the opportunity. We talk about it every week. We practice different scenarios every week. And sometimes they don't ever come up. But those are the ones where you never want to look back and say, shoot, I wish we would have practiced this scenario or that scenario. So you're always got to talk about it, even as monotonous as it can get. But I thought for the offense with, you know, 48 seconds to go uh, and not feel panicked to get three points, you know, we were able to do it how we wanted to. We used our timeouts. And then the very last play before the field goal, um, you know, A-Rob had a, a five-yard catch, and then we went ahead and clocked it with four seconds left. And we were allowed the special teams unit to come out and the field goal unit to come out and make the field goal. And those are fun when it happens that way. Over the last month, there's so much change with missing players. I'm talking about the defensive side of the ball in particular here, but finding guys to fill roles. And you learned a lot about guys. Uh, and Sean Desai, don't you think he did a nice job of mixing all that together and finding guys on the roster that can play and rotate into different spots, especially in that secondary. He has, you know, uh, he's done a, a really, really good job of making sure that he puts guys in great position to, to make plays and, and his assistant coaches on that side of the ball as well. So, I mean, you go back to, you go back to the week that we played in Minnesota where we were banged up so much on defense on the back end against that potent offense. And, 
Sean was able to make it back from the COVID protocol and get those guys to come out and play phenomenal defense in that week. So, you know, we'll get ready for those guys this week as well, but you got to really credit those coaches and, and the players for executing. Uh, DBs combined allowed just one catch for 12 yards. Uh, they didn't get many pass rushing opportunities up front, but they made the most of those. Uh, they were, I think, three pass rushing opportunities really for Travis Gibson. He's got two sacks and two forced fumbles. Yeah, there was, there was production with limited snaps because of the running that they decided to do. Um, obviously, they were beat up a little bit at wide receiver going into this game. and But point being is you still got to stop them on defense. And I thought our defensive line, outside linebackers, uh, the front seven, they really worked well together. Um, we didn't give up any real big runs. And we, we made tackles when we had to. And, and then when they did throw the football, we were, we were able to, to be opportunistic. And the defensive line, uh, not talking about the outside linebackers here, just the D-line combined, I think, for 16 tackles. So uh, I think early on they realized it was, this was the day. This was, it was going to be a, a, a tough game inside. They were running a lot in between the hash marks with Saquon Barkley, and he did get, he did get some yards. But if that's all the yards you give up and you keep them out of the end zone, that's a, that's a big day for the Bears. Yeah, and they, they did some wildcat back there with him uh, catching the football and being quarterback and had some a little bit of success with that. But for the most part, again, our guys did just enough to get them into third down where we were able to pin our ears back and, and get after uh, Mike Glennon and, and that offense. Came out of the game uh, healthy, it looks like, and uh, you're hoping for uh, great health and a, an ability to get on the practice field Wednesday for Justin Fields with the hope of starting him against the Vikings. How's that looking for you? Yeah, so far so good. Again, we'll know in the next 24, 48 hours. It should tell us a lot more as to where he's at, but um, that's the goal. And again, for, for these guys to get everybody back here and do everything we can to finish this season on a high note. Uh, how does it feel to enter the last week of a season with all the work that's gone into the season, yet no payoff for a playoff, but what's the, what's the individual payoff for you and for, for this team? Well, for, for all of us, for coaches, for players, uh, every year is always different. Um, whether you're playing like some teams are this year, where you go into this this final week and they're playing for a playoff spot, literally, in the AFC. There's two teams, you know, with the Raiders and the Chargers. Um, and then there's other situations where teams like us, we can't make the playoffs. And then you have some that might have a bye. They know it. They're the one seed. So a lot of different scenarios. It's our job in this role right now to make sure – that we finish this thing off the right way. I, I'm really proud of the way that these guys have played since the news that we cannot make the playoffs because that's never easy. And and the players have done that. They've played hard. And so now the goal is going to be to finish it off with this final game for us and, and uh, end it with a three-game win streak. How did you impact their ability to play hard? Because they could have easily not. Well, you know, for me, I – the biggest thing is don't don't change. Make sure that um, you stay the, you stay the course. Uh, everyone's watching that, they're seeing that, but also have fun when you're at practice. Um, you got to understand that we're very fortunate to keep things in perspective. But then on game day, go cut it loose, and they've been able to do that, and they, they see what type of team they can be when they do it. Snap back with time. Here comes oh, Queen. Walks right into it. Queen's oh, got fumble. him wrapped up, and the ball comes out. Ball comes out. Giants have recovered. But Robert Quinn has just picked up sack number 18 in a regular season that has been nothing short of spectacular and has set the Bears' single season record for sacks that has held for 37 years by Richard Dent. 
Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at whipley.com. With Bears head coach Matt Nagy, Jeff Joniak, just heard the record-setting sack from Robert Quinn from your perspective, ground level, when it happened, because it was close several times on a day he wasn't going to get many opportunities. What did it look like? How did it feel on the sidelines? What was the reaction? It was special for, for him to be able to get that. Like you just said, we weren't sure how many opportunities he was going to get to be able to get it. Uh, and it was the big elephant in the room that no one talked about, but we all knew it was there. And for him to finally get it was a special moment uh, to get recognized and just for his teammates to have feel so good about, uh, you know, they, they're a part of that too. You know, he would tell you that they're all a part of that. So a uh, special moment. It's uh, a part of history and uh, a special player that it happened to. Right. He did it within the 16 games. See, he missed a game obviously this year. So to me that, is beneficial I, I again you know me uh, I know you but I love old school so I don't like to see uh, the history of the game meddled with too much so now when you have an 18 game season all these records are going to be broken I wish there was another way to uh, still categorize it because you're comparing apples to apples instead of apples to oranges here and I don't know how you feel about it as a younger head coach um, but it's significant to me that it happened within a 16 game season how do you feel about it I agree with that, Jeff. I think that, you know, there's probably going to be some asterisks to some of these records or some of these seasons that happens, or you just got to start it. You got to start it new, right? Yeah. Hey, this was a, a 17 game season. So um, they'll all be a little bit different. I'm sure everybody has their own opinions, but I, I can agree with you on that. Uh, a symbol that he is, though, is of, of perseverance, given what he's gone through in his life, uh, the resilience to bounce back after what he uh, admittedly, again, told us in the postgame show was not Robert Quinn football last year, and then just his relentlessness as a pass rusher. Uh, there's a lot of ways to describe him, but maybe more so, forget about performance. The way his teammates reacted tell me that he's really made a connection with this group. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, he he has. Um, again, I brought it up a bunch, just where he's at and how he does things in practice. And from a coach's perspective, it's really been neat to see, literally from the first day that he showed up, um, this this past you know training camp, the shape he was in, um, the way he practiced. I mean, there was times in training camp where I had to yell at him a thousand times to pull back from almost hitting the quarterback in that halo, you know, because he'd, he'd go so hard. But you'd rather have that than try to go the other way and tell somebody to, to practice harder. So he's done that. And, and so it really shows who he is. The biggest thing, too, that you just mentioned is perseverance, resiliency, adversity hits. He gets anybody that gets questioned after, after a rough year. Um, that's not easy. And it shows how mentally calloused and tough he is to bounce back this season uh, stay healthy, be able to be out there and be available. And now he just went out and played great football. Because you're an offensive mind and a, and a, and a quarterback guy, there's more questions about offensive to you over the course of your career. But uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, we sometimes don't talk about it. About, uh, who's rising on that defense, in your opinion? We can obviously point to Roquan still has a lot of room to, to grow and to, um, to let that horse ride. But where are where other areas do you see in terms of defensive personnel that are rising players? Yeah, I think there's several, you know, and I, I don't want to leave anybody out, but I know like just, just from yesterday's game, you look at the development and growth of a guy like Travis Gibson um, to have the season that he's having this year is, is great. Well, Al Nichols, 
really growing into uh, a leadership role on that defensive line. You just brought up about Roquan on the back end. You, you know, you have um, you know Jalen Johnson, who's, who's really learning what it's like to be a number one corner in this league. And we got a bunch of other depth, younger guys too, that are on this roster. So um, those are some guys that just uh, jump out to me right now. But I think that when guys are presented opportunities, like guys like Thomas Graham and and some of these other guys on defense, they've been presented challenges and they've stepped up to it. So we, the more of that that you have, the better. Do you sense a rejuvenation of sorts for Eddie Jackson? Uh, there have been, you know, we've been critical sometimes of his play and his performance, but he seems to be having fun here in the last few weeks. He's, I'm really proud of Eddie uh, Jackson. I think that, you know, at times he's had so much uh, production, whether it's interceptions, touchdowns over the course of his career. And sometimes you go through a drought and there's different reasons for it, but um, he's really done a great job mentally of staying in tune physically um, doing, I mean, that hit he had yesterday on the sideline was vicious. I mean, he was flying around in the backfield, making plays in the backfield. You feel him, you know, he's an impact player right now. And that's what he's done his whole career. And it's, it's really good to see that. And I'm, I'm super proud of the way that he's handled this season. Snap back. Here comes pressure. Here comes Gibson. Knocks it out of the hands of the quarterback, Lennon. And Travis Gibson has his second sack of the day. And second strip of Glennon. Bears recover the football. Up with it, Kairos Tonga. Download the Chicago Bears app to play our new predictor game, Risk It, brought to you by Bet Rivers for your chance to win $250 in free bets and a custom Bears jersey. Just heard one of Travis Gibson's sacks, along with two forced fumbles. Here with Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Coming up next, Bill Lazor. This is our final segment of the regular season here on WBBM. Uh, one more bit of reflection on, uh, on Travis, if you will. From the very first day he got here, the character of this kid is special. Um, he wants to do right to all his coaches, all his teammates. He wants to learn. Um, Coach Shuey's done a great job of teaching him fundamentals and techniques, um, how to play within this defense. Uh, another guy that practices really hard. Uh, he, I know he's watching Khalil. I know he's watching Robert when they're out there. And he sees that. And so I think he's got a, a really uh, high ceiling. He's only going to get better. That, that second sack that he had yesterday, the first one was a cover zero look. So he was free. No one touched him, and he made a great play. The second one was 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 awesome, and the the, the move he made, the dip that he made, and then to be able to slap the football um, underneath with the, with his hand, um, that was really cool. You can make a case that uh, the guy on offense who came the furthest this season, while he had a really good rookie season, I mean, maybe I'm off, but is it Darnell Mooney? I think so. I think he's been really, really consistent even when teams know um you know that he's going to get the football at certain points of the game and that's where you want to see growth from him as a wide receiver his route running has always been special his speed has always been special his hands have always been special but now i think what's happening is he's building a rapport with whoever the quarterback is obviously we've had a couple different ones this year but he's building that rapport the quarterbacks are trusting him immensely and then he's making plays. I mean, I, I just go back to Seattle, that, that catch and run he had in Seattle at the end of the game. For a guy that's 175 pounds soaking wet to, to bust through, you know, all those tackles and still make a play, that's who he is. And, again, another guy with a super high ceiling. Matt, for, for you, did this season ever lose uh, the fun factor? I know if fun is important for you. Uh, did it ever become work? Yeah, no, it, it's 
Well, when you're losing, it's never fun. So that's always that you know being completely real. That that's that's the worst part is is the uh, comp the competition and the competitor within you is you want to win every game. And when you don't, or if they're strung together, which we've had some of those where you have some losing streaks that that are all strung together, it makes it difficult. And I think that's the biggest challenge is making sure that you continue to stay your you know be yourself, but also still remember and have perspective and still have fun as much fun as you can have with that balance of being serious and making sure you know where the mistakes are. Um, and so, you know, that's why right now, even though we can't make the playoffs, uh, I am proud and I am having fun with these guys, understanding that they do care and they're showing it. I saw a quote last night on the uh, Vikings uh, game on, on Mike Zimmer that he was told by Bill Parcells, and I don't know if you ever heard this. Parcells told him three things are going to happen about becoming a head coach. And, and tell me if these happen to you. Your best friend is going to disappoint you. Four or five things happen every day in pro football you wish wouldn't happen, and if you can't handle those, you need to get another job. And lastly, it's lonely being a head coach. They're unique because you're talking about, you know, Coach Parcells, he's been through a lot of different experiences, and, and obviously Coach Zimmer talking through and, and, and understanding that too. I think um, when you go through uh, – these situations that part of being lonely, like the, the nice thing is when you have a good support system around you, I can say that that hasn't been the case for me. You know, I, I, it's, I got great people around me, whether it's people in this building or whether it's people outside of the building. And in the end, when you have that, I think that's probably most important is to know you have support. And when you have support, um, there's a lot more confidence in how you do things. So being able to have support um, from family or friends uh, and, and people in this building, it definitely helps. Uh, and this is a part of the job, right? This is, this is, there's 32 of us right now in this league, in the NFL that, that are fortunate enough to be sitting in the chair that I sit in. And that's why every single day, I'll, I'll never look back and say, I wish I would have spent that Tuesday a little bit different or a little bit harder or, or not felt as sorry for myself as I did. Forget that. That's not going to happen, you know, and I can look back and say that. So, as you go through life's journeys and the seasons of life, as I like to call it, um, everything happens for a reason. And that's the message to our players and our coaches as we go through, you know, any peaks and valleys is never get too big, never get too, uh, you know, never get too low and how you handle things and things that are supposed to happen will happen. That's how I attack it. Well, Matt, appreciate it. Uh, another season in the books for the coaches show. You go out and play the Vikings for the second time here in a few weeks. So good luck in the finale. But uh, from everybody here at WBBM and the Bears Radio Network, want to say thank you uh, for making yourself available because, number one, uh, it, it, there's never enough time in a day, certainly not enough time to do a one-hour talk show uh, about the game that just happened when you're preparing for the next one. But uh, you've been a joy to work with, as always, and 100% professional with great integrity. So a thank you from everyone here at WBBM uh, for this season and all the time you gave us. I appreciate that, Jeff. You know how much fun we have, uh, whether we're on record or off record. We have a lot of good time together, and, and you're, uh, you're the best at it. So appreciate you. All right, appreciate it, Matt. Coming up next, Bill Lazor, the Bears offensive coordinator. Trio left, single to the right with Robinson. Snap to Dalton on fourth down. Staring into the end zone. Coming across, left to right. Darnell Mooney, the catch, and the touchdown! Touchdown, Bears! Come watch the Bears game at Durbin's in Burbank on Sunday at this week's official Miller Lite Chicago Bears watch party. Visit chicagobears.com slash fanzone slash watch parties for more information. With Bears offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, the coach's show continues. Bill, happy new year. Congratulations on the win yesterday. How are you feeling? 
Feeling good. It's always better after we win. Always, always. Uh, coming out of the uh, break here, we have the highlight of Darnell Mooney's touchdown on a terrific throw by Andy Dalton on the end zone crosser to Darnell uh, in the win yesterday. Can you break that play down for us? And uh, had to be a pinpoint throw with everybody moving so fast to the right corner of the end zone. Yeah, well, they they uh, you know they have the, the way they play the, their pass coverage in the red zone. They got some extra uh, players sitting in there, so the safety was was kind of trying to be a little robber and help. So we had uh, a bunch of a bunch of things happening in front of him. He ended up sitting on one of the other crossers that he saw, and Darnell beat his man and got in behind him. Uh, they're they're not easy to score on down there, you know. And four, fourth down uh, obviously isn't ideal put ourselves in that position but I, I thought uh, the guys played really fast and that that helped uh, defense obviously had a good good day setting up the offense nice and early so how, how did that impact how you called the game and I was first thing I thought of you're up 14 nothing you haven't probably even gotten into your top 15 uh, so how does that how does that work well I think I think we were really happy that we took advantage of those first two uh, uh, short fields. Obviously, the two the two yarder is a is a heck of a way to start the game, uh, and to, to knock that in. I think it, it, those two things give you momentum right away. Uh, <clears throat> our next couple drives obviously did not move the ball. We, we did not move the ball nearly as well. And and sometimes they do some things a little differently coming in. You know, they get they get paid to to plan and game plan also. So we made some adjustments as we went and uh, we ended up kind of picking it back up. So like a lot of these NFL games, there are momentum swings that go back and forth. But I think when when uh, when we started with that momentum on the two short drives and, and finished them off with scores, I, I think it gave our guys confidence that even when we hit maybe hit a lull, we, we were going to be okay. We're going to be able to, to get it turned. How'd you feel Andy Dalton uh, played yesterday? And how important was him just to get another start? Uh, because he's been an unbelievable teammate, uh, came here for a reason, and uh, has been nothing but a great leader and a, and a great dude in that locker room. But just to get just to, just to get another chance before the season ends. Well, you know, you, you end up you end up really pulling for the guys. You know, you spend a lot of time around them. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, obviously, I, I've been with Andy in the past also, but when, when you see how hard he works and uh, the, the great positive effect that he's had on so many people in the locker room and in the meeting room and on the practice field, players and coaches, I, I think he's had a great effect on the team. Uh, so when you see that, then, then you can't help but, but root for them. Usually it's not ideal when you're starting multiple quarterbacks throughout the season and we, we've started three, but we're just fortunate, you know, in, in having these guys that can come in and win games for us. And uh, so I, I, yeah, personally really rooting for Andy uh, to do well and uh, to get the victory, which he did. And, um, you know, so I, I think that was great. I think the, the, some of the stuff that Andy does out there, it, it's, a little bit hidden. It's hard to see the, the way he calls things, the adjustments he makes, the protections, the cadence he uses, just the, how he keeps guys calm and communicates with guys on the sideline. A lot of that stuff, you know, turns into the old saying of, you know, he makes the guys around him better. And I think uh, that's, that's one of the things you could say about Andy. When, when, when his presence starts affecting the other guys, it, it helps make everybody else better. I mean, just a simple thing of, of when you're in four-minute using the, the whole play clock or 
vice versa when at the end of the first half when we're in two minute trying to score before the half you know how how quickly he gets guys lined up and and uh, all, all those little things he does it helps make everybody else better snap from the two here's the handoff montgomery blasting up the middle and into the end zone for the touchdown his second of the day and the bears lead is now ballooned at 28-3 over the new york giants Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with Bears Offensive Coordinator Bill Lazor. We heard David Montgomery's second touchdown of the day and the Bears' 29-3 win over the Giants. Um, his progress over the course of the season obviously interrupted by an injury, but overall, the, these two games, these last two games, perfect example of just sticking to the run and he's grinding, he's grinding. He may get, he may get stuffed a couple times, but he's grinding out yards. I got a lot of yards after contact yesterday. There were a number of runs where you looked at it and maybe guys were – were just edged a little bit, you know, where maybe a defender's arm was coming off or shoulder was coming off and, and, and David ended up pushing, you know, you know, being decisive, sticking, sticking the ball in that kind of the small, the small opening at times that he, he saw and pushing it forward. And and I think our linemen were feeling good about it because they, they were kind of helping push him forward. Gosh, there were some, there were some examples um, of the lineman hustling down Jeff at the end of some plays where maybe we were pulled up right before the sticks, you know, and, and the runner was, was uh, trying to keep his legs going and the lineman running down and pushing the pile forward, you know, either past the sticks or to make it a real short one. So th- that kind of effort in the run game, I thought was excellent, but I, I think they, David's toughness, his ability to finish runs. I mean, just think about it. He, he finishes every run. Yep with his head and shoulders pointing towards the far goal line, you know, and it's just a little thing, but I know when you're calling the plays, the difference between a second three and a second five can be big. And certainly third and two and third and five is, is huge. And, and that's, that's what happens when he finishes runs like that. Well, clearly the offensive line know that because, you know, they're fighting for him then because he's, he's not going down easy. Those legs, as you say, he gets the leverage and he keeps on churning. I mean, I don't know how many yeah. times that's happened this season. No, he's either, they're they're doing they're doing great. He's he's doing great. Uh, also, Khalil Herbert. I mean, do you the two of them together? Is that a good one-two punch? I mean, I, I think so. I think it has been. I think I think uh, the, the one thing you know is there are only so many balls to go around. So so when you are uh, a guy like Khalil, you know, in the times when David was out, obviously he, he, I think he made the most of it and, and had great production. And then David comes back. And so then, uh, you know, sometimes you, you wish you could get it to him more also, but it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's good. The effort he plays with, whether he's in for a pass play or run play, just making the most of, of every opportunity he has. And, and obviously special teams is part of it. So, you know, that's, we, we all just keep doing our part. 17 game regular season just keep keep plugging away when your number's called you 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 answer the bell i think khalil's done that so i'm 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 really happy real quick on the wildcat and the throw because uh i'm sure the wind tasted great uh the wind felt great for david but it just some elevation on the throw he's probably going to keep thinking about that (laughs) that one because (laughs) you know it, I love the play i mean we we've we've seen that in college obviously the pop the stop and pop uh, but Wow, that would have been fun. Well, you know, we, everyone knows we're we're one of the that uh, more one of the most frequent uh, wildcat yeah. usage teams in the league. And a lot of it's because we have David, who not only is a, a great runner but also a great decision maker. So we can put him in those kind of positions. And uh, 
you know, we so because of that, we felt like it was really set up. And I think a fourth down, four minute uh, situation is, is probably exactly the right time when you're going to have them really selling out to stop the run. So believe it or not, David might be the best thrower on the team. I mean, he can launch the ball far down the field, great spirals, very accurate. Um, so, uh, you know, it may not be his last opportunity. Let's right. just put it that way. Back it up a second. <laughs> the best thrower on the team. That includes he all quarterbacks? Be, uh, he, he'd be the in best the thrower. He'd be in the competition, Jeff. Come on! If we did it, he can. He can. He can really sling it. <laughs> his cadence. Some someday you have to ask him to hear his high school cadence too. When he was the quarterback, that might be the best part of it. Is his high school cadence? We don't let him do that on the game field, but yeah, every once in a while in practice, he does. Is it? Uh, well, just give us a little sneak. No, uh, it, I wouldn't well, do it well, justice. No. Well, you you get. You have to get David on. But let me ask you this: Is it, is it funny? Is it humorous? Well, no, it's it's uh, the, the the part that's humorous is how serious he is about it. Okay, <laughs> uh, but he he, you know, we we obviously trust him with with uh, with everything, and and uh, he is he he is a very good thrower. So it, I'm sure it won't be his last pass ever. And that's interesting to see. Also, an interesting nugget: before yesterday, he and Barkley each had 42 games. Barkley, obviously, a, a top 10 pick in the NFL, and David, a third round running back, but. Uh, their numbers were virtually identical in their first 42 NFL games. Well, you know, we, we live with it every day with them. I, I, I didn't do a statistical analysis of the two of them, but I know what we've got in David. I mean, I, I just know when, when David's going, <clears throat> and it's not just David, usually when he's in rhythm, it's because the line's in rhythm. And when we get that going, that, that's, that's probably everyone would agree is when we're at our best. Back in our final segment with Bears offensive coordinator Bill Lazor here on the Bears Coaches Show. As we uh, look back and look ahead, we'll get to the Vikings in just a second. Uh, what have you learned about this team? What have you learned about this unit over the course of the season and how uh, things have gone? Well, like we were talking about earlier, I think I think we, we operate best when we, we kind of have both run and pass going at the same time, <coughs> which, you know, is, uh, generally means that the line is is playing well, right? Because they're protecting, and they're they're opening holes, and then uh, I think you know we we've seen David kind of get in those rhythms uh, where he gets the momentum going, and, and when when he was out, I think same thing with Khalil, and um, when we when we add some big plays, which generally have come for us, you know, our explosives in the passing game, I think that's when when we've really been at our best. So we just we just try to be able to do it all. Some weeks calls for a little bit more than others and, and these other teams they get the game plan too and try to take away what they want to take away. So you have to react. But I think when we can get it all all, all cylinders firing at once, that's that's when we've been at our best. Man Nagy said earlier tonight on the coaches show that if healthy, if he's ready to get cleared, uh and get on the practice field Wednesday, Justin Fields would get the start against Minnesota. Has he uh, developed a new floor from where he started as you look at this here in the final final week of the season for where he can take off from moving forward? Well, I, I, don't, I probably don't spend as much time as, as, as people on the outside looking at the big picture stuff and, and, and labeling things. I think we just, we just look at what his progression has been and, and we – Spend so much time, Jeff, just looking at each and every play and each and every drive and each and every game. And and you know when you when you watch and some of these later uh, games that he's played, how he's moved us down the field in the fourth quarter and and put us ahead in the fourth quarter with some fourth quarter drives. You know, it really gives you you great promise uh, and hope for the future. 
And all those things you talked about with Andy, and I'm sure Nick has also put put some things in his cup as well. I'm talking about Justin's cup of information. Um, you, you only can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink it. But do you think he's been drinking up that information? I think so. I think he, he's he's bright and he he works hard and he wants to he wants to be great. Uh, he's just he's fortunate to have some some veteran guys around him, whether it be watching them. Uh, on the game field or even just the, the little things on the practice field that they do. And, um, you know, for him, for him to be able to, to learn from them and at the same time to be getting some game experience this year, I think that that's, it's valuable to put those, those two things together. So we're, you're only going to see more and more of, of the little things show up with, uh, with Justin. Now it's time to look ahead brought to you by bet rivers, the official sports book partner of the bears finale at us bank stadium, sixth time in eight years, the bears close out of Minnesota. Second look at the Vikings bill and a short turnaround. So we know exactly what we're expecting, right? Well, we, we know, we know how they play defense. We know how good they've been on third down. We know they're, they're very multiple in their blitz packages. We know they've got some veteran players uh, who've been in this system a long time, uh, who are, are hard to fool, you know, and and, and who kind of know know how we've attacked them in the past. You know, I'm talking about their linebackers and their their safety. You know, these these are good, smart players. So it, it it'll be a it'll be a challenge. You know, I was on the COVID COVID reserve quarantine when we played them last time. So I. I um, I'm going through the game film again now, but I'll, you know, I, I, I watched this one from, from quarantine. It was, which was tough. Uh, I expect it to be a battle. You know, I don't think they're going to lay down by, by any means. And, uh, you know, when, when, when you're dealing with a division rival, guys know each other so well, uh, that even the little things up front, the O-line and the D-line, they start knowing each other's calls. They know, they know how guys play different blocks. So it, it, it becomes not only a chess match, but also a, a real tight battle. So that, that's what I expect. Bill, I want to thank you for all your time this year. Uh, again, I appreciate it. I know time is valuable for any coach uh, in an NFL um, office. So uh, you've been uh, great to work with this year. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Good luck. It's been on, fun. Good luck on Sunday. That's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to thank Keith Johnson, Dan Brilli, and Jordan Treadup for all their help this season and tonight, along with head coach Matt Nagy and Bears offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. Our coverage of the Vikings, 9 a.m. pregame, noon the kickoff from Minnesota for the season finale. Good night, everybody. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is News Radio 1059 WBBM.